all was quiet in the house, and all you could hear was the sound of a tiny switch flicking in a child's room. And below the blanket where he sat, a light began to illuminate. It was a handheld system, Super Mario, Gradius, various shoot-em-ups all played in the palm of his hand, and all the excitement in the world ran on two AA batteries for the time being, until things slowly faded away. Yes, everybody, and welcome to thank you, thank you. Whoa, I thought good. that was all ad libbed. I, I didn't. I should have wrote that down, but I thought it was pretty good. Um, so, welcome to episode four of Blown to Bits. My name is Adam, and as always, with me is I'm Ryan. He's Ryan. Uh, today, I am. yeah, today we're actually going to be talking about handheld systems. This is um, this is a real big one for me because. Um, a much like I have a friend named Clay that's a huge uh, handheld system file. I, I don't really know what the word <laughs> for that would be, but we're both nuts about handheld systems, and uh, I'm starting a collection on one as well. So, uh, Ryan, what did you have growing up that was handheld? I had that first uh, Sega one. I can't remember what it was called. Sega Game Gear. Yes, Sega Game Gear was the one that I had, and then uh, when it, when it comes to handhelds, I, it's actually spurts for me. Like I had that one, and then I didn't play for years and years, and then I had the first DS that an old girlfriend gave to me. I played that for like a year, and then quit for like five until like the 3DSs came out, and then played that for like a year, and then. I haven't played a handheld in a while. Yeah, you have. You played a Switch. Oh, yeah, I did for long enough to play Zelda. Yeah, which was, I would say, honestly, if you look at the the timeline, the evolution of handhelds, I think that the the leap from, you know, like the Nintendo 3DS to the Nintendo Switch is the biggest leap that any handheld has ever made in the history. Of video games yeah i can see that i mean it's pretty much its own entire console yeah i mean xbox and playstation you you get the graphic fidelity of you know almost of a like a playstation 4 xbox one maybe not quite but nintendo's presentation is just so well done that it it makes you feel like it is as good in certain games well, it does 60 frames per second, doesn't it? Um, it depends on the game. Um, Super Mario Kart runs 60 frames per second. But other other games, like when they ported Doom to the Nintendo Switch, they weren't quite able to squeeze out the 60 FPS. So it runs at about, um, it's supposed to run at 30, but it does dip below down into like the lower 20s at times. How does uh, Monster Hunter look on it? Monster Hunter. It looks so good. Um, it's kind of hard to believe that it was a 3DS game at one point, even though this kind of is an enhanced edition. They did add to, you know, the look and, and more content and stuff. Um, it, it is locked at 30, and I thought that was going to bother me, but there are some games that you can lock at 30, and if the frame pacing is really well done on it, it, it looks perfect. And okay. this, is, this is one of them. So it literally does not bother me at, at all. 
All right. Well, I feel like we're kind of skipping to the end. Yeah, uh, we, we are. We're, we kind of like rushed into the end there. Now, yeah, let's just roll back. And what was what did you start on? I started on the original Game Boy. That was my very first handheld. Um, my stupid friend Tim sat on my. I had a waterbed at the time, and um, my Game Boy. You know, I had set it on the bed, and he thought it'd be funny to plop up and jump onto my bed and launched my Game Boy onto the ground and pretty much broke the whole screen like the liquid crystal was oozing out of it and everything i was i was pretty upset about that but back then when i got a game boy those things were so expensive it was hold on you uh you playing a racing game yeah i know (laughs) okay Back then, when I got a Game Boy, think, those things were just so expensive; it was unreal. I I believe at the time they were close to two or two hundred dollars. I believe, which back then was about you know two thousand dollars nowadays. Oh no, not quite that bad, but yeah, you're you're looking at quite a bit. Um, I mean that's that's probably the equivalent I would say of about maybe four to five hundred uh, if you account for inflation. I could be off. Yeah, and back then video games weren't a staple in the household, so good luck getting your parents to buy you one of those. I had to struggle. I it was very hard for me to ever convince them that I needed or wanted, you know, video games. It, they just they were very, you know, not interested in in video games, I guess would be the the best way to put it. But I had um I had Tetris of course, which shipped with the original Game Boy. That was kind of the staple. And I thought I was going to hate that game. But back then, you didn't have access to a lot. There was no you know, free demos you could download from a Wi-Fi connection to you know, the Nintendo store, all that shit. Nowadays, you know, you've got all that. But back then, I just had Tetris, and I was forced to like it. And it really did kind of help me broaden my horizons in a way. You know, because you, you get a game, and that's what you got. You know? mm, probably uh, made you a little smarter, too, because that's a hard game. Yeah, Tetris is it's a it makes you think, you know, and I didn't really understand the rules at first and I had to figure them out on my own. There there were no tutorials in these old games. Yeah, what was one of those that game that was on the original DS that you played you're supposed to do like 5 minutes a day and it it would make you smarter? That was Brain Age. Brain Age. I played that a lot. That game was actually I do feel like that was actually a good mental exercise. I got a lot better at math whenever I played that. Oh, you bad in math, huh? Ah, <laughs> uh, very bad. <laughs> um, no, yeah, that game, I do feel like, had some legitimate exercises, and some of them were so freaking hard, it was unreal. Yeah, I really enjoyed it, though. Uh, I like sometimes, well, not all the time, but sometimes I like games that make you think really hard. I tend to avoid puzzle games just because when it comes to video games, that's kind of like my wind down time. Mm-hmm. And I don't really like to have to use my brain a lot when I play, but every now and then it's fun. Yeah. You're more into the, the mindless carnage, you know, that kind of stuff. Yeah. Just let me kill a hundred enemies. <laughs> now I'm, I don't know. I, I enjoy thinking a lot in video games and I've, I've found that, our styles kind of complement each other because we can pick up a game that may involve a lot of thinking, but then mindless carnage. And I'll usually kind of set us up for success. And then you just like to run in there and just blow shit up. Mm -hmm. 
Oh, there's some games like Portal 2 that we You're play. better at Portal than I am. Uh, it's just, I don't know. It just clicks for me. I I understand Portal, and I'm not bad at it by any means, but there's sometimes where just the way that my brain works because of how I am, it doesn't really mesh well with me. Um, and there's there was actually, I remember, funny enough, there was a homebrew for, I believe it was the PSP, the original PSP, where it was like a portable version of the first Portal. It was like a side-scrolling version. Mm-hmm. It was See, pretty I've interesting. Never, I've never owned a PSP. I think I've only actually held a PSP for maybe like 10 minutes of my life. PSPs nowadays um, are good for one thing, and they are extremely good at this uh, emulation. You can literally yeah. load like Super Nintendo, Sega Genesis, all, all that stuff on there, and it works mm-hmm. great. See, I don't even know what like the newest version looks like anymore. I'm assuming it's black. Well, they all pretty much were, minus a few special editions, you know. But the PSP had a successor called the PlayStation Vita, and it didn't do very well. It It's pretty much dead. I think that occasionally a visual novel-style game will get imported over from Japan for the PlayStation Vita. And then a few... I think the, the Vita, when it came out, that was like when I decided not to get one because I heard it was awful. I loved it. The Vita was insanely powerful. It was almost like the first time you look at a switch and you're just like, holy shit, is this really happening in the palm of my hand? You know? Um, and it had some great titles. There was a kill zone game for the Vita that I still think by today's standards is a pretty insane looking game for a portable game. Like it, it looks real good. Okay. I don't understand why Microsoft doesn't have their own handheld. Um, well, look at it. Who owns the handheld market? Nintendo. They hold it by the nuts, dude. Like they've got it so strong that there's, you know, there's no reason for Microsoft to even attempt that. I don't think. Dude, give me a handheld that plays 360 games. It would be the greatest thing ever. That would be cool and everything, but I, I just really don't see that happening because that that's a dangerous game for Microsoft. Think about it. They just got crushed really hard financially by the PlayStation 4, and then they would basically be entering a market that's already so dominated by Nintendo and then secondary by Sony. Mm-hmm. But they've never had a handheld i mean the closest they've had is when smartphones like first started coming out remember they used to have like the their own versions of like gaming phones that would have like joysticks and dedicated buttons on them yeah and they weren't all that great but yeah that was i mean there's a reason those died off pretty fast yeah not even sony can stand up to nintendo though nintendo has They've stuck to their gun. They've stuck to their guns and they've stuck so well to the handheld market that it's just it's it, their niche. It is their niche, you know, and now they've brought their full blown console experience into the handheld market with the Nintendo Switch. So that's even more so gonna crush anything. Because the only thing that Microsoft could do would be to develop in-house something that would 
be powerful enough to compete with the Switch, which runs on, you know, NVIDIA Tegra technology, or to try and cut a deal with, you know, NVIDIA, if that's even possible for NVIDIA now, I'm sure there's some kind of contract with Nintendo that prevents them, you know, from doing that with another company. I mean, I don't see Microsoft ever having a handheld, and if they do ever have one, it's not anywhere on the horizon that we can see. No. But who knows? I mean, we could get shocked. They've done dumb shit before. <laughs> so <laughs> I just think it would be a really bad idea. I, I'm not saying I wouldn't like to see it. Don't get me wrong. I think it would be cool. I mean, I would love a handheld 360 because 360 has some of my favorite games on it. Yeah. Now, you can get an experience similar to that from a PSP because I'll tell you right now, the PSP, uh, the one before the Vita was actually a lot more powerful than you're probably thinking it was. It played games that when shrunk down onto that tiny screen were considerable in quality to like PlayStation two in some ways. No, um, v- you can get a PSP cheap. A Vita would still cost. Oh, that's, you what I'm, that's what I meant. Oh, I had a PSP go, but it broke. But so you just have the Switch now? Yeah, I just have the Switch. Unless you count your little arcade machines. Yeah, I'm all oh, my little hell. arcade. Do yeah, those plug in? Or... No. They're battery powered? Yeah, they're all battery powered. They're all self-contained. They're handles. Yeah, they they really are. And I'm, I'm going to be bolstering my collection here pretty soon. I'm going to... Uh, the first ones I'm going to get are a couple of Neo Geo pocket colors um, and a link cable. And then I'm going to start branching out because we, we need something to kind of curb my obsessive problems, you know, at times. And I think collecting handheld systems is a cheaper way for me to do that instead of collecting full-blown video game systems, which are a lot more expensive. Yeah. You had a pretty big collection there for a while. That's yeah. the whole reason I got rid of the Switch is I loved it and Zelda was awesome, Splatoon was awesome, but I already had the PS4 and I couldn't afford to buy games for both systems. So we have that game share on PS4 at the time to where you know only one of us had to buy a game. So it just made financial sense for me to only buy games for the PS4. But yeah, I was I was very impressed with the Switch. I thought it was great. It it is an excellent system. I'm I I'm still in love with it. It's I don't play it as much as I would a PC. I mean, except for here lately, you know, Monster Hunter was purchased for me, and so I've been playing that not out of like a a sense of I have to play it, but just because it's so much fun to play. You know, Monster Hunter Generations as opposed to World, which I still loved, mm-hmm. but I still think Generations is better than World. Do they have uh, Wii Sports Resorts on it yet? No, but I'm I foresee a lot of stuff like that um, happening here really soon because their online service launches. Their like paid online service launches later this month, and mm-hmm. subscribing to that gives you it's dirt cheap. First of all, it's like um, five dollars or less depending on which plan you choose. You can do a family plan for five dollars a month, and then you can do just like one account on the Switch for like three dollars a month. And And then what will that give you? That gives you online play. um, And you will also get access to, I think it's starting off at 20 NES games that have online play enabled. So the original Nintendo games. Mm -hmm. 
and they're going to add more stuff like Super Nintendo in 64 and stuff like that, I'm sure, down the road that you'll be able to play, and it's free with your subscription, all those games you have unlimited access to. Oh, see, that's a good deal. Yeah, it is. It's, I mean, for you know three to five dollars a month that's yeah. kind of like the ea access it's like why not <laughs> yeah i really like how gaming uh systems are finally starting to give like free games along with you know their online service like playstation gold i mean this month it was destiny 2 and god of war 3 remastered mm-hmm. that just came out for free yeah okay I mean, that was a complete, you know, hype for to get people to buy the new expansion for Destiny. But I mean, still if you're fine with deal. the base game, yeah. Considering I mean, it came out what like a less than a year ago. Yeah, and I mean, if you really stack it up and look at it, you can see where. Okay, let's say I buy on average between the span of two months, I buy about three sixty dollar games. That sounds about normal for most, you know gamers like you know avid gamers Mm -hmm. so that is if you divide it up monthly we'll say that's about 90 dollars plus tax a month so you can subscribe to all these services like nintendo's online service um if you have a playstation or an xbox you can do you know one of their subscription services like playstation plus or xbox live gold and then you can get like ea access and you know maybe humble monthly and you can spend less than half the amount of money instead of buying games a month and get way more than you ever would have by just buying like three games yeah now uh xbox is about to offer a subscription based where you actually get the console with it you just rent a console and you'll get finance it yeah, you'll get your online service plus the uh, what? What is that? Where you get the games that we had that we played Sea of Thieves on the uh, Xbox Game Pass? Yeah, you get the Game Pass and the console and online. Yeah, it's it's a good deal too. It's actually cheaper than buying the console outright. Um, mm-hmm. If you go, well, I mean, do not the a math. lot of people can afford these five hundred dollar consoles anymore. I mean. Yeah. I've got four kids that I'll I have to buy you know Christmas presents for. There's there's no way that I'm spending five hundred dollars on a Christmas present to myself, which is you know usually when they come out. And here's the the another catch twenty two though is if you think about it, not a lot of people can afford those, but they're usually also the type of people that don't have the kind of credit that can get this plan. Yeah, because isn't it financed through like a Dell credit card? It's something like that. So you do have to have, you know, credit approval to be able to do the plan, but the plan is an insanely good deal. Like it's, Mm -hmm. it's cheaper than buying all that stuff outright. Yeah. And some people, uh, they're not even going to have to pay interest on it depending on their credit. Oh yeah. And in fact, I don't think actually, I'm pretty sure in the plan, anybody that is approved for it, there's zero interest. You actually save money by doing it. That's what's crazy to me. And if you think about it, that's almost kind of foreshadowing what they may be planning to do with their next Xbox system. Yeah, I could see that. I mean, gaming is definitely evolving from, you know, the original Game Boy that you had. I think everything is starting to slowly go subscription based. 
It is. And that's okay with me on the Switch, you know, being, you know, the only handheld really on the market that's, you know, the, there's still 3DS, you know, that still, you know, is kind of alive. But, that you know, the subscription service works so good for that because Wi-Fi is everywhere. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like, I can connect to that and I can play with my friends. The only thing Nintendo needs to do on this dang handheld system that's pissing me off that they haven't done it is a dedicated, like, voice chat party system kills me how do you chat you you can't you either the only way you can do it is if you use their smartphone app and you you can use that for splatoon 2 but you have to have you can only do it with friends you can't chat with randoms or anything like that and a lot of batteries dying at the same time it is and um, their their excuse is you know well well you you may not always have access to the internet you know to be able to chat it's been like well, if I don't have access to the internet, how the fuck am I playing Splatoon 2 online? <laughs> like, <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, if you don't have access to the internet, then don't chat. Yeah, like you can't chat. You can't play online. So why does it matter? Yeah. Like, just go play Zelda. You don't need to chat during that. Yeah, exactly. So I just think it's a lame excuse for them not really. They're, you know, Nintendo's always really resistant to join the future. They like to dip one foot in and, you know, stick the other foot out the other side and kick it all around. Yeah. Well, plus they're like really, quote, family oriented. They are. Uh, so, I mean, they can use that as an excuse, you know, child's online safety or whatever. Ah, that's no, no longer an excuse in my opinion. Mm-hmm. You know, it's the kids are playing Fortnite and loving it. And that's an online only game. Yeah. I mean, I told my kids when they first got the PlayStation, I was like, okay, only add your friends that, you know, in real life, uh, you know, from like school and stuff. I was like, you need to be careful of like, you know, crazy, weird adults trying to add you. And I think it was like a month ago, I looked at their friends list and it's like completely full. (laughs) <laughs> okay well glad you listened purge but, you know it, it's all just other kids their age that they play with on Fortnite. yeah well i mean kids are a lot more you know interconnected when you're an adult i feel like no matter what kind of person you are you slowly become more introverted as an adult so for yeah. us, you know, we might join a game and be like oh, fucking shut up like just mute everything oh. Anytime I go into a, a Call of Duty game, I'm the first thing I do is just mute everybody. Oh, yeah. Every and time. Sometimes I might leave them unmuted if they're already arguing and I kind of want to hear it, you know? Yeah. Like if there's like some juicy drama, then uh, yeah, I'll listen. Yeah, I'll listen. But then I, I mute them once it starts getting real bad, you know? Yeah. Well, that's about all we have time for today. Um, I want to thank everybody for listening all the way through episode four and um you can find me online on twitter at talion that's at t-a-l-l-e-e-o-n t-a-l-l-e-o-n and ryan where can you be found uh you can find me on our discord hanging out and posting inappropriate memes <laughs> that teletubbies meme the other <laughs> night <laughs> I I... oh my god <laughs> if you join our discord you'll see it it's right there in the main chat please even if you just even if you don't want to participate in discord please join the discord just to see this stupid teletubbies meme it is so inappropriate (laughs) and it makes you second guess 
everybody's judgment at PBS because it really aired. It, I, I'm not even going to tell you what it is. You just have to come see it. <laughs> it's so gross. Um, but yeah. So oh, fine. quick announcement uh, before we go, we are going to have a special guest uh, on our next episode. So get hyped Charlie. about that. Yeah. Uh, it's our good friend, Charlie. He's a retro game enthusiast. Very, very cool guy. Oh dude. I, uh, I saw him today. Oh really? How'd that yeah, go? I was, I was driving back from my lunch and he was at a red light and we made eye contact, smiled and waved at each other and then went on our way. <laughs> well, that's, that was pretty epic. I'm glad that cool you shared that experience. Yeah. <laughs> All right, everybody. Well, thank you very much and y'all take it easy. Bye.